Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I'm Vicky Barcelona. And just like that tick that won't get off your skin, BJ Shea's here. It's lovely to be loved oh, so much. Oh, Yay. And across from me is Joey D's oh, on okay. the board. Whew. Made it. He's not okay. Oh, okay. he's still there. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, BJ. Getting this. Uh, I feel like if I was Counselor Troy, I'd feel a sense of dismay in this room. <laughs> mm, mm. Some, some uh, light ribbing, if you will. Channel uh. your inner counselor, BJ. <laughs> Uh, but what do we got going on today, Joe? On today's podcast, we are going to talk ECCC, because BJ has been conning it up, and he has things to tell us from the con. Yeah. We're going to talk about unfortunate shows that have been canceled that BJ really likes. Mm. Oh. Vicky, you're going to share with us a, a cool little Marvel thing you found on the Disney Plus Yeah, app. teased it on the last episode. Yes, you did. Uh, I'm going to give a video game update from a beta I've been playing called The Finals, and if we have time, we might get to The Bad Batch and The Flash, but... Wait until then, as Vicky, how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Mawa. Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. U-D-A-C-Y. Anywhere you can find apps in your app store. Click your app store button and find us. Odyssey. Well, we did allude to BJ conning it up. BJ, you love board games, and there's no better place to play board games than at a con. That is true. Emerald City Comic Con, one of the premier cons in the lovely land of the United States, taking place in the great state of Seattle, Emerald City, and uh, took place in a new convention center. We have a brand new convention center that was built in addition to the one that we already have, so now we have like double the space. And this was the one attached to the Washington State Convention Center. Yes. This is uh, called the Summit, and it's the Summit Building. There's two buildings now, and uh, the Summit building's all brand new. The architecture's amazing. Everything looks really cool. And uh, it was a great place to have a con. You know, it's nice when you're in a shiny new building. As usual, a Comic-Con features so many great cosplay. There was just everybody was on display. I, you, you name it there. Cara Dune was there. I wasn't sure how to feel about the poor person playing the part of Cara Dune because the character Cara Dune is a great character. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, well, you don't hate on the characters. You, you, you know, you're not dressing as the actor. You're dressing as the character. So I still gave her a positive nod because <laughs> I thought it's a great character. I'm going to go with that. Uh, lots of great characters. I mean, th- you know, people, you know, even a buddy of mine's uh, kid dressed up as a character from Spittoon, the video game. I mean, there's so many things I don't know anymore. You talk about, I remember a time where I could pretty much name every cosplay I saw. And now it's like if I get 50% of them, that's amazing. There's just so much in the world of geekdom that people are so happy to display. And so such amazing costumes. I mean, I saw Hulk dressed up as Gladiator Hulk from uh, oh, Thor, cool. Thor 3, which was pretty oh, fun. Awesome. I was going to say, yeah. just guess Fortnite if you don't know the costume. And uh, yeah, really. You're right. You're probably, it's great seeing some guy even pose with uh, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. It was like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of a cool little thing that they did there. How many Spider-Mans were there? There was a couple. I got to see Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Oh, that's, that's a, cool a great one. outfit. I got to see Spider-Gwen. Nice. That was a great outfit. Uh, lots, so many, just so many great costumes and elaborate things, uh, as you will get at a con the size of Emerald City Comic Con. And yes, there was lots of gaming. Our buddies at Zulu's Board Game Cafe in Bothell had a gigantic area. I mean, a huge area for gaming and playing Magic the Gathering, as well as their store, which they had, oh, just tons and tons of board games. And uh, we got to play a new one 
which uh, I played a lot of games. The highlight for me uh, and, and is just the idea, the concept of it was uh, Scarface 1920. And uh, it basically is uh, you're a mob boss and it's in the time of Al Capone. And you are basically just trying to take control of the city. And you, you know, it's going to, it's blood, it's influence, it's power, it's money. This all adds up to what you need to just sort of survive and be the mob that makes it, to be the gang that gets her done. Uh, it is uh, it is great worker placement. It's deck building, elaborate deck building with the cards. I mean, there's a lot going on with the cards. And uh, great minis. I mean, there's just great character minis. Uh, you, you've got these sort of old school 1920s cars, as well as these old school 1920 sedans it's all during the time of prohibition so we're moving booze when we're not supposed to be moving booze and all sorts of stuff and uh it is it it really is a good game and once you get the hang of all the iconography and whatever there's a lot of great strategy involved many different ways to accomplish what you're accomplishing and your boss is asymmetrical so each of us have our own mob boss and uh it is uh it is a really really good game and if Did you, can, you have to whack anybody though oh yeah you You're killing wha- people. You got to whack a lot of people in this game. That's a fact. You got to do a lot of whacking. You also maybe might be an informant. You might have to go to the authorities. You might have to go to the underworld. There's oh so many boy. different. No one likes a snitch. Got to hire assassins. You got to hire the people that can cook the books a little bit. Vicky, I got a job for you. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, so it is uh, from uh, Reds and Games, and uh, it was a Kickstarter. Don't know if you can get it at the stores right now, but you can definitely do a look and see. Uh, Scarface 1920, if you love great worker placement and deck building mechanics together, or if you love that genre of, of the world that we lived in, this is the game for you. Awesome. What about the food on the con? Because mm. there's nothing better than finding some good con food. Three levels that you could get food at. And no normal con food, pizza. They had some sandwiches, actually. They had toasted sandwiches, and they also had sandwiches you could buy that were wrapped up. You know, they were okay for what you know what you get at the con. Um, there was a beer garden on floor five. Love a beer garden. I didn't really leave floor four. Mm. Um, it, I wish there was something on every floor, including just some beverages. You really had to go. We had to go down to floor two. And the lines were crazy, and that was my only complaint is that if you just want to get a soda, you're in a massive line, whereas I get if you got to wait for food or whatever. I, uh, I don't know what to do about that. I don't know how you feed uh, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that are at a con. I found that to be a little problematic that I wish there were like just vending machines or something on every floor so I could get a, a beverage. We need to build the world's most biggest vending machine, all sodas for BJ. Yeah. All diet sodas. I mean, it's you know, I, I get it, but you know, it's it's just the world we live in where they just never have enough people to serve whatever event you're at. And uh, of course, the restaurant scene is a beating because everybody wants to go eat around, and no restaurant can handle that ridiculousness. That poor cheesecake factory oh, across the street. No, mm. I mean, it's a great place to go. I know why everybody wants to go, but everybody wants to go. Yeah, it's a good time to make money though. <laughs> yeah, you almost just that's what it's like. And then I saw some places close, and I'm like, my God. Hey, restaurant, I really love your food. If you are open, I'd be there right now. It's Comic-Con. How are you closed? But, you know, I, uh, th- that always baffles me that at like places within distance that you can see, we're not going to open. We are a restaurant, but we will not be open during Comic-Con. Okay. Yeah, that's odd. And I don't think you can Uber eat stuff around there because, oh my God, I would not want to be a driver heading into that mess. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's another mess. So you, it's uh, But, you know, I mean, I can't say it's better or worse for what they provided for food at a con. I haven't been to cons that have done much better, uh, a much better job than they did. That's fair. And if I know you guys, you probably brought some snacks. 
That might happen. Mm. Well, or have children, which my buddy Josh brought from the BGA, the Board Game Alliance. He brought his children and had them be our runners. So that was a go to the beer garden because they have this kind of food over there. And next thing you know, they come back and for the most part, they got it right. Every once in a while, you're like, what what is this you're giving me? What is this about? I always knew that Josh was resourceful. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Glad to hear that it was was a fun time, though. Yeah, good cut. ECCC uh, Comic Con, Emerald City Comic Con never disappoints. Well, moving on from ECCC to some unfortunate and disappointing news. BJ, we have gone to a galaxy far, far away in Star Wars. We have gone where no man has gone before in Star Trek. Yes. But we have never gone to a black screen of cancellation, which is now what has happened to Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, a lot of people are going to celebrate this. They've been wishing for this since season one. I'm over here celebrating. Yeah, I'm. You know. Budget to a new Star Trek show. Uh, what do they say? A broken clock is right twice a day. So That's right. All, all these folks, I told you that was a horrible show. Season five is their last season being pushed back to 2024, early 2024. Uh, the amount of hate for a show that, you know, some people like, I just don't understand. I get that you don't have to like the show. I'm not telling you to like a show, but my God, the amount of hate uh, for a show. I am going to be sad to see it go because I've enjoyed the show. I understand it's not your traditional Star Trek I will stand by, though, the last season of uh, Star Trek Discovery being one of the most amazing seasons of television when it comes to what science fiction does well, and that's commenting on the human condition. And uh, I, I, I mean, I mean, it was amazing in my mind. I get that a lot of people said you're crazy. Uh, it's awful hard to, you know, that the the screaming Kelpian who destroyed all the dilithium in season three. I get people are not gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm with yes. you. That's a tough one. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm looking forward to season five. And you know, and um, but we're gonna. I mean, we're losing Picard. We're losing Discovery. I'm like, are we going to get that Michelle Yeoh Section 31 season series? I mean, she's coming off like a successful every everywhere, but you know everything everywhere at once. So maybe we are going to get it. Yeah, we could, and we don't even know if Strange New Worlds is going to continue. I know I that know, was in yeah. flux a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I know they got a season two, but is that? I mean, it, all of a sudden you got Paramount. Unless they're saying you're not driving like nobody cares enough that you're making the app viable. We have other stuff. We'll just do the Sylvester Stallone show, and maybe that'll be hey. enough. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Trek fans are supporting this material enough for Paramount to continue to want to do it. And that's what irritates me. People go, I won't pay for a service. I'm like, all right, well, I will. You know, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I like Star Trek, and if this is where it's going to be, I will pay for it. But if nobody wants to pay for it, then I don't think we're going to get any Star Trek, maybe a movie once in a while. I hope that's not the case. I hope we continue to get, I mean, Lower Decks is probably easier to do from a budget standpoint as well as, uh, um, oh, Prodigy. Uh, but those were animations. Yeah, well, the five seasons is nothing to laugh at. I mean, I don't think it's a failure by any means to get no, five seasons, especially for a Star Trek show in this day and age. Um, I, I mean, I, I will be excited to see if they at least take that budget, even if it's from all the shows, because everything's going to end, and then throw it into a new show. Because, I mean, they've shown they can put the CGI budget together, and their actors in Star Trek Discovery were great. There wasn't really any problems with them. I just had a problem with the writing. That was really about it. See, I don't think Section 31 is going to be the show then you want. No, I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think it will be either, to be honest with you. I mean, it's, interesting. it's an interesting idea, but it's not a ship in space. Exploring strange new worlds. At least, at least I, that's what I think. And you've got Giorgio. We know that character. I like that character. Do I want that character leading a whole series? I don't know. I mean, unless they get some other interesting people, I don't know what to tell you. They were close to a good storyline at the end of season one for me when they had the captain who was from the parallel universe and there oh, was that yeah, dynamic. Lorca. That was finally getting interesting, but they abandoned that very quickly. 
And then they went to the future, and it's just there's so there's so many things you have to get through where it's like, oh great, now that's not Star Trek because there's no Dilithium, and then the pro the reason why is, and then all it's like, yeah, the reason really it, it, the reason really turned a lot of people off, and I can't blame them. I think you can only go so far with whatever your whatever behavioral science emotional story you're trying to tell a screaming kid destroying all the dilithium i mean i i would just want to sit there and go dude that is way too far-fetched for anybody yeah and then they tried to do the whole thing in the last season which wasn't terrible but my thing is when you create a monster which is what this season did which where it's like this is a monster that everyone in the universe has to care about and then the monster just ends up being a good guy you're kind it, the, the story isn't that special and so what happens you is, and i will disagree yeah. on this point obviously but i see your point but I do not acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, yeah, yeah. Number one, you yeah. killed us all. <laughs> but you're not, you're, you're, you know, you're not alone. That that these are different viewpoints about why that season was what it was. I adored that season, but I can understand why you didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just from a uh, the world perspective. It's not necessarily the story they're telling was even bad. It's just the, from the world perspective, the characters are going to interact differently against the big bad, as opposed to like I want that almost war games like feeling back in Star Trek. You don't get that a whole lot. I, you, you know, uh, like, nothing against the, 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 the actress that played, well, it's going to sound like something, the actress that played the, uh, the, the, the bad villain, the, the, the Rigel, not the Rigelian, yeah, the, the Orion. Yeah, the Orion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you see Amanda Plummer and you see how good she is as Captain Vada, uh, you know, in, uh, in the latest issue, season of Picard, my God, she's amazing. She is a great villain, and that's not what the Orion uh, actress was, in my opinion. And oh boy, you know that's we we Star Trekians we do love the Kirk Khan situation. Give us a Kirk Khan thing. I think with Picard and uh, Vada, we're getting that. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think Vada. I, I hope I'm saying her I think name you're right. right. Yeah, uh, or Vaka. Vaka. Yeah, uh, she's it, got it, a weird. Yeah, <laughs> she's uh, she's the Shrike commander. <laughs> Uh, that's a great dynamic, uh, and you know that's an important thing. Like in the world of Doctor Who, the, whoever plays the master, you know, if it's it's got to be a really good give and take between the Doctor and the master, you know, the enemy and the uh, the, the protagonist, and we haven't seen that. It's it, like you know this faceless beings from you know from uh, season four of Discovery, they they weren't that way. Wasn't that? Um, and yeah, season three was the Orion uh, villain and, uh, you know, I mean, and that's the thing yeah. is like, cause in this last season, again, like I liked the, what they were doing with the content in terms of what they wanted, the story they wanted to tell. But the problem is all the bad guys or the people that were creating the tension were all good guys. Yeah. So and you were kind of like, no one's going to be unhappy in this I hear show. there's a bad guy. I hear that season five is going to have a bad guy or a bad person. And I hate to give Marvel all the credit for this, but Marvel has proven that your bad guys have to be as good as your good guys. If you're going to tell a great story. Yeah. And that's where I feel like these shows miss. And it's not that that makes them bad. It just makes them average. So, yeah, this would have been season four of Discovery would have been a great movie or episode. Well, probably episode because movies usually have to have bad guys, uh, you know, some arch villain that can really go against the, 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 the protagonist. And um, it's a tough one because, you know, Michael Burnham is surely not your typical captain. And, you know, what would her bad guy look like? You know, they try to make it this Orion person. I just didn't get the chemistry of good guy, bad guy there. But then again, Michael wasn't the captain of the ship. So that's the other trouble is that it's hard to, like, see the second in command have a bad guy when in reality the captain is the one that should have the bad guy relationship. So now at least, you know, Michael's the captain. 
Let's get a full like. All right, this is the you know you're the you're the captain now. Could be we, we might get a great story. Unfortunately, it is going to end. Yeah. And I know they didn't. And this is the big stickler too. They didn't plan on this being the last season, so they had to do reshoots. Yeah, and that's never good. <laughs> I think it's good. At least they pushed it back. Yeah, I mean they yeah. acknowledge that they're going to end, but like when you have a storyline for a season. You don't expect to be like, and the show is over. <laughs> yeah, though they do self-contained seasons, so hopefully it won't be that difficult because they would have wrapped up the season storyline. They're just going to have to also find a way to wrap up the series yeah. with some reshoots, and hopefully it won't be too clunky. Yeah, I hope so too because the last thing that comes to mind of that was The Expanse that did the same thing, oh, and that, that poor really show. died poorly. Oh, <laughs> so many things went wrong. They had their own Cara Dune situation, yeah, which did. really was a horrific way they wrote that character off the show. Whoopsies. The dumbest way ever. I was just like... Uh, and then, the, and then the whole season where they're just on the the crazy planet, which I don't know if that was just a chapter or an entire book, but that was a wasted season. Well, in my opinion. And so, what? But we still have hope, and we are going to get one more season. So we'll have to see how it is. We're going to wait on that. Yes. But Vicky, yes, mm-hmm. Vicky, okay. I hear you have been watching an interesting show on uh, Disney Plus that I had not heard of. Yeah, it literally came out, I believe, on uh, was it International Women's Day? Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so that was uh, about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, uh, it was cool because I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to it. And I had to stop what I was doing, you know, babysitting my little brother (laughs) and actually pay attention to it because it was really sweet. It was very inspiring. So you have, I think it's only like six episodes so far because it's only season one. And the first episode is all about uh, the women of Wakanda. And what's the show called? Uh, It is called Empower. Empower. Okay. Oh, I just got it. Empower. Oh, yeah, Empower. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Marvel Power, Empower. Empower. Yeah, I'm so and, stupid. I didn't get it. Look, Vicky, I didn't get it either until you actually pointed it out, too. I know. I'm like, Empower. Oh, of course it is. Uh, but it was awesome because not only did they, they gathered all the, the women from uh, the Wakanda, Black Panther and everything. They didn't do too much of the second Wakanda movie. So if you haven't seen it, you're not going to get much spoiled or anything, really. Um but they go through and they talk to the different actresses. Then uh, you got Okoyo, Nakia, and uh, Ayo Shuri. Uh, they go in and they talk about what makes their characters so powerful and so badass. But then they also go into their own personal stories. So I, I believe her name is Danai. Yeah, Danai Guerrero. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, she talks about how she, you know, how she grew up. She was born in Iowa and then flew back and moved to Zimbabwe and all the struggles she had there. It's like people still couldn't say my name right in my country. Oh, wow. And so she would like got into a fight with some people like, hey, say my name right. And just how she stood up for herself. And they recreated it with like animations. Oh, uh, OK. Like it was slightly animated. It's those animations where it kind of almost looks like storybook pages and it moves a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they do that on their actual stories. So you get that for Lupita Lupita Nyong'o. There we go. Yeah, words. Uh, Like bits and pieces of things that like really showed them strength. And then they went ahead and they go and talk to other people uh, where they really connected with these characters. So they had like two young girls and their dad, like what they loved about the characters, what it inspired. Uh, I got to watch two episodes of it. Uh, The second episode is about Captain Marvel. And we did get to see a little bit of... uh, Obviously, we saw Brie Larson, and we also saw uh, Kamala, which oh, is Miss yes. Marvel. Yes. Uh, and just what makes Carol Danvers her. And I feel like if you did not really care for the movie, I feel like after watching this, you were going to gain a new appreciation for the character and how they did it and what it's meant to be. Like, for reals. Because I think we've talked about this on the podcast. You know that really crappy line from the first X-Men movie? 
That's like what happens to a. Uh, oh yeah. What, what happens to a toad when it gets hit by lightning? Oh yeah. Same yeah. thing that happens to everything else. Well, we found out years later that the writer. It's like no, they didn't say it right. It was supposed to be he. She gets electrocutes him, and then when she looks at him and kind of shrugs and be like, oh, same thing that happens to everything else. So, oh, interesting. So I feel like a lot of lines that people were com- uh, complaining about or deliveries and stuff, Like I feel like you will gain a new viewpoint watching the behind the scenes. Uh, and not only that, I found out because of this episode that after Captain Marvel came out, the amount of applications for the Air Force by women went up like doubled to 50 percent wow so 50 percent like it, and it it shows how important whether it's people of color women all of the above having these characters on the screen and just seeing these little kids and girls uh excited to see themselves represented on the screen and that was the same they go into in captain marvel there's a young girl who is Okay, she looks like she's like 12, but I believe she's like 18, 19, and she's going to be an astronaut and studying all that and how Captain Marvel really inspired her and how she really loves this character. Uh, and you, it's just, it's so badass. And maybe it's just because I'm a gal. I was really like pumped up, like, okay, like I want to go take over the world. And I feel like if you have, especially younger, you know, teenage girls or even just any teenager, this would be a really cool series to sit and watch with them and get the behind the scenes, but also get a little motivated in life. Nice. And you said that was six episodes? Uh, yes. So we got uh, the women of Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, and Gamora. And I believe uh, uh, Zoe Saldana, I think, is one of the executive producers on this series. So so, may, so they, obviously Elizabeth Olsen and Zoe, part of those uh, Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch and Gamora episodes. Oh, and uh, one of the cool things, not just going into the characters and the actresses, but also the women behind the scenes on each of these. So you get to see like what the editor, ah. uh, apparently like the editor for both Captain Marvel and Black Panther, she was like from South Africa. And uh, she talks about how awesome it was to be able to hear her South African language being spoken in Black Panther and how awesome like it was to do that. And even with uh, Captain Marvel, she's like, I have a really big task to do. This is the first female-led superhero movie, you know, for the MCU, and I have to make sure I do it right. And talks about how, what her decisions, like, she pushed forward, like, no, I want it to be this scene because it's that much more powerful having her input in it, down to, like, the set designers, costume designers, just hearing about what they did for the movies, you get a whole new appreciation for it. So definitely check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I would love to watch the costume design for the mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther movies because they're incredible. Oh, my God. They go in deep and you see all the different characters. And they even talk about how they flew down to South Africa to look at some of the tribes and stuff. And you can see side by side, like, where they got their inspiration from, like, video footage based on, a like, you get the video footage of the people in their natural life. And then you get footage from Black Panther costumes. Like, the shields that they had were actually based off certain uh, tribes. Oh, it was phenomenal. Super cool stuff. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely check it out. That's Empower on Disney Plus. Yes. And uh, they're like 30 minute episodes. So oh, easy. That's, yeah, that's super easy. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Vicky. Moving along, I have been playing some video games. Ooh. Oh. I know. We don't talk too much about that, but I thought I'd give a little shout out to the uh, Finals, a new video game that uh, released a closed beta last week. Oh. It so is, what platform? 
Uh, this uh, you can play on PC and console or uh, the uh, Xbox, PlayStation. Oh, so yeah. it's oh, it's available everywhere. Okay, that's right. That's right. So what are you playing it on right now? Uh, so I'm on Steam right now, or maybe it's just on Steam now, and it's going to come to those later. I can't exactly remember what the so beta PC, was for. Basically, I'm on PC. I'm a okay. PC boy. I was playing on Steam. You know that lovely collection of games that everyone gets addicted to. Oh uh, yeah. So what? What? Tell me about this game. Uh, is it a shooter? Is it, it is it a, a first-person shooter. Okay, then. So we got ourselves a little old-school Doom and Quake and that kind of attitude. Yes. Think. Uh, uh, if you remember Team Fortress Classic, you remember that game at yes. all? Where the capture the flag? Yes. Similar concept. You've got kind of a build and a loadout of a character that can carry different weapons, that has different HP, has Gotta different abilities. Weapons. And you are trying to capture cash. Oh. Cash hmm. money. Yes. You all fight right. alongside your teammates in a virtual arena where you get to alter, exploit, and even destroy the whole map. Oh, this sounds almost like a 4X game back in the day, but it's a 3Xer. Kind of like that, yeah. yeah. So you essentially try to grab this cash with your teams, teams of three right now. Or teams of three? Teams of three. Yes, teams of three. Four teams of three, but it's teams of three. So you're playing against three other teams. Okay. And you try to grab this cash, and you try to take the cash, you take it to a little uh, deposit machine, and then you gotta wait. Uh, you gotta wait and protect your cash while it gets deposited into the machine. Oh, seems simple. Yeah, it is not simple because my God, everyone tries to kill you. Yeah, I feel like that's what they can because can, if they kill you, can they get your cash? They for can it's fully steal deposited? your cash. That's oh, right. Oh boy, this is a very slow deposit machine. And the concept is the top two teams of uh, all these rounds go on and move on to the next round, which then you get to the finals where you're on a one v one. Uh Oh, wait, one person versus one One team versus one team. Okay, 1v1, okay. Yeah, and then you got to try to take their cash, you know, keep your cash, and then you win. Oh, so you're going against three other teams, then two other teams, then it's just you and the other team. Yeah, so they have a bunch of different modes, because there are, like, uh, this is a tournament mode. They have a single mode where you just play one game, so it's really simple. You can learn it quickly. And it seems like it'd be basic, like, because it's just a very simple, you know, uh, catch, loot, run, deposit kind of a thing. But the chaos, because the map is essentially completely destructible, which is weird because those engines are so taxing on computers and stuff like that. Yeah. But they seem to done it, do it well. And it works and everything blows up. And you can, I mean, you can do anything. You can zip line places. You can bungee jump places. You can flamethrower, grenade. You can do just about anything. But the one thing you can't do is hide behind an object because it can be destroyed. I would imagine. Everything can be destroyed. Okay. Well, there goes my strategy. It's fun. It's fast paced. It's currently free in the closed beta. But if you go to their website, you can join it. It's just uh, reachthefinals.com. You can go on Steam and do the same. Type in the finals. You'll find a little click, please give me beta access, and you'll be in the pool, hopefully, of people that can play it. I highly recommend checking it out. It's a ton of fun, and most people have been playing a lot of Battle Royales these days. You hear Fortnite, yeah. Call of Duty. This is a good change of pace. I'm not going to say it's going to replace those, because this is not a Battle Royale, but it is fresh, and it does feel different, and you can. it's kind of got this almost Half-Life meets Team Fortress Classic feel to oh, it. Oh, I remember Half-Life. Yes, because you can grab objects and throw them, and everything explodes, so you get that kind of feeling of it. So it's fun. It's new. Just wanted to let people know. Check it out. It's called The Finals. The Finals. You can also watch it on Twitch if you want. There's been a bunch of people streaming it. Oh, great. When's it going to be a new TV show starring Pedro Pascal? <laughs> I don't know what he's going to be moving. Cash, maybe? Yeah, he has to take <laughs> this cash across the arena and everything keeps blowing up. But this cash is special. Honestly, you could make that into a show and it would probably be great. Of course. Well, again, if it's Pedro Pascal. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. It's called Baby Bankroll. <laughs> <laughs> He'll have a little bankroll. It's green. It's going to be small and green. He's already done a great job taking something small and green and moving it from one end to the other. Come on. It, uh, you're not wrong. It's foolproof. I don't even yeah. know what to say. We're going to do it. Well, before we get out of here, we do have a little bit of time, BJ, and I did mention that the Bad Batch and Flash you've been watching. Uh, oh, right. Why don't we just get the quick one-minute recap of what's happening in the Flash? Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> All right, thanks. All right, too well, bad, Bash. I will. I will say this. Uh, this is their last season of Flash. Uh, Danielle Panabaker, who plays Caitlin Frost, and now a brand new character called Keon, because of some weird stuff that has her be a third type of being in the Snow family. Keon. Keon. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what her power is, but to be just somebody that says a lot of dumb things that seem to inspire people. <laughs> That's a quite a superpower. I know, uh, but I give I give Danielle credit because she is actually acting in such a way that is a third different way. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty good acting. I mean, when anybody that's got to play like look like the same person but play somebody different, sort of like a sister, I'll give her that. Um, there's also uh, a tie-in to Batwoman from another uh, alternative reality, and so <laughs> it's basically Bat Flash. Bat Flash. Yeah, it's it's like it's Batwoman who has a suit that can make her run fast. So she's got she's using Wayne technology, Bruce Wayne, you know, tech, uh, Wayne tech instead of Luke, uh, Lucius Fox. It's Luke Fox that's hanging out in that hmm. world. And we know him if you watch any of the Batwoman. Uh, and uh, so that's what's going on in The Flash. We've got uh, we've got her who in her alternate reality is best friends with Flash's wife. But for some reason, killed her anyway. We don't know what's going on with her. Flash is supposedly a bad guy, according to her. But she's doing bad guy stuff. So maybe Bat Flash is really the bad guy. We'll find out, uh, but this is the last hurrah for The Flash. Well, that is wild. I would not have expected any of that. Yes. Bad Batch, on the other hand, uh, this is a real fascinating dive into what happened, why did we go from clone troopers to stormtroopers, and it's almost, uh, if you will, a, a racist, fascist thing that's happening to the clones, and... The clones have had issues. Uh, Bad Batch, of course, is Clone Force 99. They were an experimental group of clones that were altered to be different than every other clone. And so you've got muscular ones, and you've got really techie-savvy ones, and you've got robotic ones, and you've got ones that have really great like sniper skills. You've got ones that got leadership skills. And so the Bad Batch is basically all of them. And then they found a little clone, who, uh, and, and, and that's Omega. She was a relatively new clone, but she's a female who is still a kid and was never accelerated. And so they all travel around doing stuff. One of the clones, Crosshair, really felt like they should still work for the Empire and be good soldiers. That's the line of all of the, the uh, clones is a good soldier follows orders. And uh, Bad Batch was like, we're done following orders. If you know Rex, Rex is also one of those clones that uh, didn't follow orders in the animated series as they thought Order 66 was crap and they pulled the chip out so that they wouldn't go kill all the Jedi. But Crosshair pulled the chip out and still said, I still want to kill everybody. But now he, in this latest episode, is seeing that, you know what? They hate the clones. Everybody who's in the Empire, all those snooty, sort of Grand Moff Tarkin-y kind of leaders that we're seeing, hate the clones and want to get rid of them because they consider them inferior product as they want to replace them all with stormtroopers. And this last episode was such a great episode as finally you see crosshair go f you people and finally turn <laughs> against the empire after we you know his brothers have been telling him we're fighting the empire now and crosshair like no i'm not i'm leaving you guys i'm not fighting the empire a good soldier follows orders really well done this i mean you know with a lot of the animated series sometimes you go that's a filler episode that's a filler episode this was a great story arc moving episode about how the clones were replaced and are any of them still alive maybe we'll get to see another animated series we got to see older clones and Will we see any of them show up in the live action shows? I mean, if they're still around, they're supposed to all be dead because they have a short, uh, a short shelf life unless somebody teched them up or something. I don't know. Uh, but Bad Batch is good. Awesome. Can't wait to hear more about that. That, that sounds like it'd be a fun little story in the uh, real universe. Yeah, and Flash is on the CW. Bad Batch is on Disney+. Plus. Sweet. Well, now we have to get to... 
The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicki, what do you got for us today? Uh, well, I got two movies that are coming out this week, but at the time of this recording, there's not really reviews on them, but I do want to point them out. Big one being Shazam! Oh, Shazam. right. This is the, yes, James Gunn's in charge movie, but wasn't my movie when I was already done before I got here. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Shazam 2. Or Shazam! Fury of Go- of the Gods. Uh, I didn't realize that uh, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu are in this. Well, hopefully they'll save it because uh, they don't want another Black Adam on their hands. Right. Oh, boy. Uh, I really enjoyed the first one. Like It, it was, was fun. fun. Yeah, it was yeah. a fun movie. I mean, it wasn't a world beater. It wasn't a world changer, a game changer. But Zachary Levy's a fun actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like the whole storyline. So we're hoping that this one is also uh, up there as well. Yeah, but uh, we'll I'm, hearing, I'm hearing it's not. Yeah. Uh, Shazam! Another one, and I'm only bringing this one up because it says, like, horror mystery thriller. It's a very interesting concept. The movie is called The Resurrection of Charles Manson. Oh, what? Uh, It says a young couple create an audition tape for an up-and-coming Charles Manson film. However, when they choose an eclectic desert Airbnb as the perfect backdrop... The dark events of the audition material slowly slip into the reality as they find themselves intertwined in an occult leader sinister's plot. Okay. Uh, it's got Frank Grillo or Grillo and Jamie King's in this. So oh, yeah. This sounds... Uh, that, if that is a fairly, right. go okay. for it. I feel like every week we can find a new horror movie to be like, huh? Yeah. yeah and when you say occult, it's like, do they really go into the supernatural or is it people that believe in the supernatural? Right. And therefore, it's just a... It is a regular, grounded, normal Whoa, people, man. normal human movie. But on the topic of horror movies, and one of the things we I love talking about and have done geek sheets on this before is the Mandela effect in movies. Oh, yes. TV shows. Uh, and I found one that was like 12 examples of Mandela effects in horror movies that really kind of weirded us out. And a lot of these, even if you don't watch horror movies like me, you know these references. Uh, like the first one, Dr. Hannibal Lecter never says, hello, Clarice, in Silence of the Lambs. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's isn't that something, man? Right. I, I always thought he said that. Everyone, whenever they, uh, aside from the fava beans and the... <laughs> hello, Clarice. <laughs> Everyone says, hello, Cl- uh, Clarice. What did he say? Hi, Clarice? He says, good morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's like, what's and, up, girl? And Clarice what's proceeds up? to introduce herself. Different movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a different movie. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Damn, yeah. man, I would have... It, see, I would lose money on that one. Yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. Uh... This one I think we've talked about before. Did you guys ever watch Scary Movie 2? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, if I did, it was a long time ago. Uh, there was the butler with the small hand. Take, small hand guy. Where he says, take my strong hand when he's trying to save somebody from falling. We all know that line. And whenever it's like, take my strong hand. He never says that. Oh, really? Does he yep. take my hand? Uh, no, he says, uh, uh, he tells him that his other hand isn't strong enough, and he says to just take his little hand. Oh. Uh, yep, again. Yep. That little hand creeped me out. But he never yeah. says it. Yeah, nobody wanted to touch it. That's how he died. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's tough. Uh, skipping through some of these, it's not interview with a vampire. It's actually interview with the vampire. Yeah, okay, I can see that. For yeah. the movie. I always thought it was interview with a vampire. I would oh, have yeah. lost that too, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I always thought it was in. Look at that, Mandela. Bella Lugosi never says, I want to suck your blood in Dracula. Oh, that's the old school Dracula. Right? We don't really know where that came from. Everyone just kind of assumed it came from Bella Lugosi's. That film came out in 1931. Yeah. So what did he say? I would like to imbibe your bodily fluid? Yeah, I. Don't know. People are. He not never really said sure. that. No. And that, so that was somebody's bad Dracula impre- impression. Right. I want to suck your blood. And everyone just. That's what I do. Everyone thinks it's like connected to Dracula. Pass me the wine. 
No. <laughs> uh, another big one. Uh, what is the famous line from Saw? You want to play a game? No. That's not it? That's not it. Do you want to play a game is not the correct. It's not what, what he the, says. Oh, come on. Let's play a game? No. Jigsaw says, I want to play a game. I want oh, to play a game. Oh, interesting. Right? Wow. We have always said, do you want to play a game? Exactly. Yep. Damn it. It's true, though, because they didn't want to play the game, so why would he yeah, ask him? <laughs> uh, yeah. And he, and he really just didn't give them the opportunity to say no. That makes <laughs> right? sense. He's like, I'm going to play this game. You don't have a chance. I really would like a choice. You should ask. No. Uh, this is another big one. What is the quote from Jaws? Bottom. Bottom. We're get, we we got to get a bigger boat. Says we're gonna we're gonna we're, need a bigger boat. Something like that. Yeah, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. He actually says you're gonna need a you're going to need a bigger boat. Oh, criminy. Oh, Everyone always yeah. says we're gonna need a bigger boat. That was it's the big actually fish him. Line. Yeah, I was like, hey, we got yeah yeah Jaws uh, kicked their ass. There always was a bigger shark. They kicked their ass, man. They had to get all sorts of stuff for Jaws. They had to get like a explosive or something or a, I don't know. They had to put something in his mouth. Hey-oh. Uh do you did you guys watch the Gremlins or cared for it? I, I way back in the day. I was kind of scared of it. So uh you know what happened? Like we got that little gremlin guy named Spike. Okay. Which is like the main guy with the little mohawky white stripe. His actual name is Stripe, not Spike. It's not Spike? No. We just call him Spike? Yeah, I guess everyone uh, accidentally <laughs> called him Spike or whatever. I mean, especially since he had a little stripe, you'd think you'd call him yeah, well, I guess spiky Spike, hair. Spike, yeah, exactly. All right, fair. Uh and people are confused about this, and I now I don't remember if I'm remembering it wrong. But in the movie, on the movie poster for Jaws, yes, allegedly there was supposed to be a bite mark taken out of the poster or whatever. I thought there was. Yeah, the bite was taken out of the J in Jaws on the original yes. movie poster, but the J was made to look like a fish hook and not a bite. Oh, right. That's odd. Like you can't catch a shark with a fish hook. You could try. Mm. That's an odd thing to. I mean, I get what they're saying because it's the water, but really, mm-hmm. okay. Jaws can catch you with the fish hook. I like the bite better. Uh, this one's funny because I feel like it is now so ingrained in pop culture. I think there was even a Rick and Morty episode that spoofed this. But uh, when Nancy picks up the phone, uh, up the dis- dis- I should say the disconnected phone, hoping to hear from her boyfriend Glenn, she hears from Freddy Krueger, "I'm your boyfriend now, bitch." But, I'm your boyfriend now, bitch. Which, if you guys remember the uh, episode from that Rick was Freddie being charming, by the way. He had, you know, he hadn't really. He he needed a Cyrano to speak for him, you know, to try uh, to get women. Well, actually, that's not what he said. He did. Well, see, he probably was a lot nicer. He said, "I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy." What about the bitch? Where's <laughs> who's the bitch? <laughs> I really feel like there was a bitch somewhere in that scene. Oh, I'm the bitch. Oh, that makes sense. I'm screwing everybody over in their dreams. You're right. I'm the bitch. And one more. I like this version better. <laughs> I kind of, yep, yep. I'm actually digging BJ as a Freddy Krueger bitch. Yep. Freddy Krueger bitch. That's the name of my new band. Yeah, actually. Ooh. Uh, okay, so last one. Uh, in the movie Seven. Yes. People remember seeing... When he says, what's in the box? They remember seeing what's in the box. Spoiler alert. What's in the box? It was his wife's head played by Gwyneth Paltrow. So, and she did a great job right. in the box. Everyone's like, yeah, I remember seeing her head in it, but they ended up not using it. What? So we never actually see her head in it. I The people think they saw the head, but they never saw the head? Yeah, it was not in there. You just remember seeing the head. But if you do want to see the head they actually made for it, it oh. was in the movie Contagion. They ended up using it in another movie years later. The called- Paltrow head? Yeah. That's so weird. Was she even in that movie? She was in it just at the beginning. Oh, just so they could use her head. Well, Contagion. Yeah. She ends up traveling, and I know it's a little, cl- hits close to home when you hear about this movie. 
and this happened years and years before this, but she goes to a different country and comes and gets everyone sick and starts like a worldwide Whoa, contagion. Oh, that is way too close to home. Right. So when she comes back, she ends up being the first one to die. And you see in the scene that they're like autopsying her head. Oh. So they used her head. They ended up cutting it open. Look at that. <laughs> Look at Gwyneth Paltrow. They ended up having a use for her head after all. Imagine that they kept that and go, we're going to need this head for something. Well, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, just, just put it in the closet. We're fine. Oh, well, let us know if there's any other Mandela effects that we're missing out on. And until next time, stay nerdy.